0: Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast.
1: Good afternoon, good evening, good morning and good night wherever you are around the globe. And thank you for joining me on this latest edition of Grey Wolf Wrestling. My name is Nim Sazor. And just a reminder, you can check out the rest of the Grey Wolf offerings, not just the pro wrestling ones either. Wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, we're all over it. Now, WWE Backlash promoted Randy Orton versus Edge in the greatest wrestling match ever. And you heard us chat to Randy on episode 10 of the podcast ahead of the match. Well, this time round, we thought we'd get you two people who can talk about the great matches because they've been in a stack of them. We'll start off by chatting to 16-time world champion Rick Flair. Rick, it is an honor to chat to you. A lot has been said about both Edge and Randy Orton in the past month or so. You worked very closely with Randy back in Evolution back in the day. What was your first impressions of him?
2: Well, you could tell Randy was a star of the day you met him in terms of Uh, physical gifts and you know Randy's got that look that comes along once in a lifetime you know incredibly handsome big physique natural natural arrogance I mean it's you know it's who he is it's who he's meant to be I mean he he's been that same person um you know since the day he came I mean you could see right away that he was going to be a star and uh, he brought an extremely high level of athleticism, um, you know, 6'4, 250, you know, a million dollar look. It, it just, he had money written all over him. you know, right next to the word, you know, ability was a dollar sign.
1: You also had a few matches with Edge during that time and had a legendary feud together. What are your thoughts on Edge?
2: Well, I've always thought Edge and Krishna were a great team. Um, I, I did see, um, I did see Edge, you know, breaking off sooner or later, just because he seemed to be, you know, you can. It, and this is this is not a, a, a slight to Christian at all, but you know, it, when you've been in the business as long as I have, you can tell um, when someone is is. It's kind of like, and I and I don't compare it to because there was such a drastic difference, and there wasn't with Christian, but. It's kind of like when Shawn Michaels did this. Said, "No, Shawn, we see something in you, um, and you know, but it doesn't include Marty. And you know, and look where Shawn, look where Shawn went. And the same uh, applied to Edge. Um, he didn't need um, to be a tag in a tag match scenario. He needed to be a featured star, which he was. And God, I had the privilege of working with him." you know, way at the end of my career. But he's such a class guy. I mean, he just oozed in the class. And uh, uh, Beth and he are just a tremendous couple, both of them, and I'm so happy to see them, you know, enjoying all this. Beth working with NXT, and at the same time, Randy Orton has matured and become, you know, this this state-of-the-art performer, you know, he doesn't, he, he just, he has his own persona within himself. And to me, and I tell him this all the time, when Randy feels like it, <laughs> he is the best there is. And lately, if you've been watching his interviews, he feels like it. because if his interviews have been on fire. Monday night, classic example. They they both, their, their interviews have been fantastic.
1: All this talk about the greatest wrestling match ever, what would you say is the greatest match you've had in your career?
2: Well, here's the deal. You know, you're looking at me and Harley Race and all these out matches and Dusty Rhodes. You're talking about blood, guts and all that. And that's not what we're doing these days. So then I have to go to matches like... I'll give you an example. Um, So Steamboat and I just had this unbelievable chemistry. We never talked. Before we got in the ring, we got in there and we just did it. No outside interference. No, it's like I was watching Steamboat and Savage the other day. And, you know, people were saying how great that match was. Well, you got George Animal Steel running around, tearing Elizabeth. You got Savage jumping off a top rope with a bell. I mean, you got, you know, 30,000 things going on outside that make the match exciting. Put the two of them in the ring alone. Side by side, and let's see the match. That to me is, i know it's a harsh criticism, but it's the truth. You put me in Steamboat in a match, whether it's for one minute or for an hour, and I—you know—as far as being solid, tight, crisp, and non-stop, you know, no no rest holds to what I guess what everybody calls it now. And and that and that was Ricky Steamboat and I, and it was good versus evil. Here, right down the middle. And that's what people like. And that's just where they are.
1: Cannot fault that at all. Rick, it has been an absolute pleasure to chat with you here on Grey Wolf Wrestling. Going from one Hall of Famer to another, our next guest is the first man to win the WWE Grand Slam. That's capturing every single title on offer. Now, a lot of greats have done it since, but he was the first one to do it. I'm talking about the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, HBK. Welcome to Grey Wolf Wrestling. How are you going?
0: Very good. Thank you, sir.
1: That is great to hear. Now, at Backlash, we're going to see Randy Orton take on Edge in the greatest wrestling match ever. What was your reaction when you heard about it? And do you have any advice for those two to live up to the hype? Well, so,
0: <laughs> again, and I mean this uh, lovingly because, I uh, look, I, there's so much, there's so many things about the wrestling business that I don't know. Um, I, at first, when I heard about it, I was thinking to myself, man, I got to see that. I did not know it had not taken place yet. <laughs> so I was asked to do uh, interviews for it on on SmackDown, and of course, that was my was like, "Oh, it hasn't happened yet." And they're like, "No, this is being built." Like, <laughs> "Oh my goodness!" How <laughs> uh, I, I thought to myself, "My goodness, why don't they put a little more pressure on those guys?" <laughs> that's a that's a tough billing to live up to. Um, but look, I. They're, they're no different than the rest of us. Everybody loves the challenge. Um, you know, again, so it's the WWE. Everybody understands what the big E means uh, in, in in our line of work. But at the same time, there's still competition. You still want to go out there with uh, the guy you're in the ring with and have the absolute best match you can. And... And everybody, believe it or not, I think for the most part goes out there trying to have the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, look, you as the fans, um, you know, and the performers sort of, I guess, ultimately make that decision. But at the same time, that's what everybody's trying to do. And sure, putting that billing on there is a is a tough bar to to you know to attain. But at the same time. Randy and Edge, they are both pros. They were going to go out there and, more than likely, try to do that anyway because that's just in their DNA. Um, so this is just added fuel to the fire. And uh, look, they—they are—they are no dummies. They certainly wouldn't. Uh, I guess. I don't think they'd have put this uh, or supported this tagline, so to speak, or this promotion, if they weren't really challenged and willing to try to live up to it. And I appreciate that. Again, this business is, uh, I don't know, I think I like people that take risks like that. I'm sorry, I'm somebody that did the same thing. Now, I'll grant you, not to that extent, and I've certainly grown into a uh, almost a 55-year-old guy that can't stand taking risks anymore. But... At the same time, when you're in this stuff and you want to continue to, to drive it or leave your mark, sometimes taking risks is exactly what you want to do. And I appreciate the fact that these guys, uh, both of them have a set on themselves that's big enough to give it a, give it a try. And uh, for me, I support that.
1: One thing that will be a challenge for Edge coming back and has been for all the WWE superstars from Raw and SmackDown to NXT is the lack of crowds. How do you think that you would have fared in this current situation where you can't feed off the reactions of the WWE Universe?
0: It would be really challenging, Um, certainly for me. I, I, I will say one of the, for me, the enthusiastic things about it is it was a situation that none of us had dealt with. A lot of times, certainly from the coaching standpoint, You've experienced just about everything, and you can draw from that experience, uh, perhaps maybe to help or shed light on something. This was a situation where all of us were learning, and for me, I, I, I enjoy that. I, I love it when I you know learn something new, especially about the you know the wrestling business and the WWE in general. Um, so it was interesting. It was it was fun. Uh, and enjoyable for everybody, I think, to try to figure out what worked best, experiment with some things, try some uh, different, you know, psychologies out and whatnot. Um, and I expressed all of them. I honestly don't know how I would have responded because to your point, I really did uh, draw off of that energy from the building. It's I can remember... The few times again when I came back after four years being off, it was really encouraged to go, you know, get in that ring and just try a, a few things to, you know, see if, how much rust was there. And uh, Hunter and I went in the ring, and I think I did a sunset flip. And I said, that's it. I'm not doing anything else. I can't do it. <laughs> I said, it's either going to have to be there come game time or or it's not. Because it, it, it was just tough doing it in that sterile environment without anybody there. I will say that they, they adjusted to it great. They did a phenomenal job. Um, and then after a while, it sort of becomes your normal. It's amazing how quickly... Um, I guess, and that's one thing that I always think is unique about the WWE and the wrestling business in general is we're almost an entity unto ourselves in that we can make just about anything doable in the wrestling business, um, and and I guess that was a real advantage for all of us in in in, in this particular time. But I will say it was it was uh, certainly uh, challenging for, from my standpoint. Uh, just from, again, encountering something that I never had. So it was uh, interesting and fun all at the same time, but I think they've adjusted to it well and just done a phenomenal job. And it's been, honestly, I think uh, a fun experience for all of us.
1: We know you do some great work with the up-and-coming superstars in NXT. What's your thoughts on the crop of Australians like Shane Thorne, Rhea Ripley and Indy Hartwell, to name a few? Have you had much to do with them? And do you think that they can reach the heights on Raw and SmackDown like Murphy or the iconics Billy Kay and Peyton Royce have?
0: I do. Uh, so some of the... Uh, so Shane Thorne, uh, a little bittersweet for me because I was going to have a, an opportunity to have him in the UK. So, But I'm thrilled for him, obviously. Uh, Shane's uh, put in so much work. He's been such a leader for us at the Performance Center. So I'm thrilled for him and his success. I think everybody would agree, come on, Rhea Ripley's uh, ceiling is, (laughs) you know, let's put it this way, she hasn't reached it. And I will say that uh, when you didn't mention Bronson Reed, I've I've just, uh, you know, recently been getting the opportunity to work with him. Phenomenal young man. Amazing some of the stuff he can do for a big man. So I think Bronson's got... Uh, a lot more legs to him than than what we've seen thus far. He's just starting out. So, and another one, as you mentioned, Indy Hartwell. She's one that again I've had my eye on for quite some time. And again, this pandemic sort of made it a little tough on me because again, her and Shane were two people that I was going to see if I could finagle into my <laughs> into my NXT UK version. So. um Still have some of those intentions uh, for people, but again, because there's so much, there's so many questions right now um, for some of them that uh, you know I I, I don't know what the future holds. All I know is that right now uh, Shane and and Brendan Pink are uh, getting advanced, you know, to Raw and SmackDown, or at least uh, one of them, and that's huge for them. And that just sort of came out of the blue. So I, uh, I would say, you know, again, your <laughs> the Australian crop altogether has just been doing phenomenal work. And that's one of those things. Again, to your point, I think that's been a sleeper. Uh, it really has. That's something that I don't uh, don't know that uh, we often uh, maybe focus on as much as we do. That is a big move. That is a big commitment for that for all those talents. That, that make that move to Orlando in hopes to advancing uh, their careers in the WWE. And I'm always in, I'm always impressed by it. And the thing that I enjoy about all of them is there isn't a one of them that isn't, honestly, a wonderful human being, <laughs> which is always a, a huge plus.
1: Oh, Here in Australia, we knew how good they were both in the ring and out of it. So I'm quite happy to hear you say that. But HBK, it's been an honor to chat to you. It's been a real thrill. Stay safe and uh, all the best. Thank you. A big thank you to WWE Hall of Famers Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels for joining us on Grey Wolf Wrestling. The Grey Wolf Wrestling Network is firing on all cylinders. If you're a wrestling fan, make sure you check out our archives. And if you'd like to see more of us, give us the old five-star review and share the love. Likes on the socials too. Grey Wolf ENT on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure to check out the other offerings from Grey Wolf Entertainment. AFL, hoops, music, pop culture. It's an absolute treasure trove of good stuff here. So get your eyes and ears all over it.
0: This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. Greywolfentertainment.net